0: What is ranked choice voting? What does this form of voting mean for United States elections? And will we see this form of voting implemented in other elections across the United States? We'll answer all of these questions and more on this edition of Getting Schooled. I'm Abby Hornacek. Civics Review. As we've said many times on this podcast, in most elections in the United States, we have a plurality voting system, meaning that a voter votes for one candidate and the candidate with the most votes wins, whether or not that candidate has a majority. But in the 2021 New York City mayoral election, New Yorkers will use ranked choice voting to choose their candidates in the primaries. By using ranked choice voting, New Yorkers will rank the candidates by preference from their most preferred candidate to their least. And New York City is not the only place we've seen this. At the time of this recording, more than 50 cities, including Oakland, San Francisco and Minneapolis, use ranked choice voting. But why do we have ranked choice voting? What benefits do you see with it? And what are the negatives? And what could this form of voting mean for other U.S. elections? Here to talk me through it is Josh Kraushaar. Josh is the political editor for The National Journal and a Fox News radio political analyst. Josh, thanks so much for joining.
1: Great to be here, Abby.
0: All right, Josh, let's let's lay it down. We've <laughs> been hearing so much about ranked choice voting. What's the difference between that and plurality voting?
1: Yeah, well, the difference is normally in most states, in most congressional districts, you know, in almost every election, the winner is the candidate with the most votes in most states or most elections. You can win an election if there are 10 people running and you're the candidate that gets the most votes. Even if you get, you know, a plurality, you get 20 percent, but you have the most votes of all the candidates. You're still the winner. But in ranked choice voting in, in a system which is becoming more and more popular, we're seeing it in New York City's mayoral race. We, we actually saw it decide who the Republican nominee It was for governor of Virginia, uh, Maine used ranked choice voting in its Senate election last year. So it's becoming more popular. And what you do is you basically name your top uh, five choices or top, you rank your your choices in order of who you like the most and who you like the least. And what happens is that it's almost like watching a, a basketball game where, you know, you have the initial results that show who got the most first place votes, but then you, basically, the second place choices kind of get, get get spread out. So you end up reallocating the second place votes to mm. each candidate and you could win an election. If you, if you, you may not have the most first place votes, but you could be the most popular second place candidate. <laughs> and that could lead an underdog to, to actually win an election, even if they don't receive the most votes.
0: Wow. OK, I have so many questions. First of all, that seems like a lot of math. How is it calculated based off of this ranked choice system?
1: So it depends. I mean, every state, every every jurisdiction that uses ranked choice voting can do it a little bit differently. But the main principle is you, you first tally up the first place votes, right? The normal uh, process of an election. And then you look and see who the, the candidate that had the least votes uh, is in that round. And then you, re- you look at the, how they did and you look at their favorite second place candidate and you reallocate those votes to the candidate who was their second and then that's the next round. And then you look mm. at the next candidate that's in last place. And then you reallocate their second place favorites uh, to, to all the other candidates that are in the field. And you do that process until the winner gets to 50%. So it sounds really complicated and it is. it, it can be a little bit confusing, but it basically takes into account the second place finishers of the candidates that don't end up winning and it moves them into the vote tally.
0: Yeah. Why are some states and cities moving more towards this ranked choice system?
1: Well, it's designed to prevent someone from winning, even if they don't win a big majority of the vote. Right. Mm. You can have primaries like you're seeing in New York City's mayoral race right now where you've got lots of candidates. And one candidate may have support from a very vocal base. So they have 20 percent of the vote and these folks are going to show up no matter what, but they don't have support from a majority of voters. In fact, they may be opposed by a large majority of voters. So it's designed to really better uh, quantify the most popular candidate in, in a crowded field. Um, now it's a little bit complicated. Uh, that we're, we're, the reason we're doing the show is to help people understand right. this work. Even even political junkies need to kind of figure out the, all the all the permutations uh, of these new laws that are taking place. It's not easy to figure out, but. It does generally help more moderate candidates, more mainstream candidates be successful, especially when you're talking about races where you've got lots of candidates running against each other. Mm-hmm. And it's really confusing to, to, to follow all, all the candidates without a political scorecard.
0: You know, maybe what would be helpful. Do you mind just giving an example of how this would play out?
1: Yeah, well, we just saw an election in Virginia. It was the, the nomination for the governor of Virginia. And and the Republican Party in Virginia wanted to do ranked choice voting because they were worried that a very extreme right-wing candidate by the name of Amanda Chase would end up winning with 25% of the vote even though she wouldn't be electable and even though she she was sort of out of the political mainstream and and, and had a chance still had a chance of winning. So they decided to use this ranked choice system and what ended up happening is, is she didn't end up winning and she didn't end up getting the most first place votes. But it basically, when you look at the data, she was the first place choice of a lot of people, but not a lot of people put her on their second, not a lot of people had her as even their third place choice. So the system was designed in Virginia for the Republican Party to prevent an unelectable candidate from being the nominee. Okay, make sure that someone who's like far to the left or far to the right, who may have support from 20 percent of the voters, but doesn't have can't get to 50 percent. You want to make sure that some of those candidates can't end up being the nominee. It's almost, you know, you can almost think about it in, in the terms of the 2016 presidential election with Donald Trump. A lot of Republicans think if if there was a ranked choice system in the Republican primary in 2016, it's very possible Donald Trump would not have been the Uh, presidential nominee.
0: mm -hmm. No, totally. Um, So then is that usually the impetus to uh, or for states to then make this decision to move to ranked choice voting? Uh, Like, you know, I'm thinking about New York City right now. I mean, why? Why New York City? Why are they going to ranked choice?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, they, there are a lot of progressives who think that this is sort of the wave of the future. It, it, it's beneficial in a way. Uh, the, the, one of the interesting things, Abby, that we're seeing is that in the elections that have been have done ranked choice so far, very few have actually changed the results, right? And so even though it's designed to help kind of more pragmatic candidates, you know, overcome challenges if they were just running in a regular election, mm-hmm. or, you know, like uh, Glenn Youngkin, who won the nomination for governor... Republican nomination in Virginia, he would have won a, a, a primary if it was just, you know, he had the most votes anyway in the first place, mm-hmm. among first place votes. You know, in, in New York, you see a lot of polls that show Eric Adams uh, leading both in the first place votes and also in the ranked choice system. So there, ha- there actually hasn't been a whole lot of disconnect between people's first place favorites and also who huh. ends up winning these ranked choice, co- Susan Collins, another example, like a lot of people thought Susan Collins might lose in a ranked choice system. The main senator, she ended up winning by a huge margin and it made very little difference in her ultimate
0: uh, Okay see that's interesting. So you're saying that you know just people shouldn't be freaked out necessarily that this could completely upend an election because it's you know we're seeing kind of a correlation between the person who was supposed to get the most votes in a plurality system is also seeing like seeming to win in a in a ranked choice system as well. Not always that's obviously right. but it's it's no, more that's common. Totally,
1: in theory, it, it's supposed to help the more mainstream candidate. I mean, that's oh, sort of okay. the thinking. You know, In reality, though, it hasn't changed any. And, you know, uh, there have been very few elections that have been done. There haven't been that many ranked choice elections at, at, a, at a large scale, but the biggest ranked choice elections, whether you're talking about the, you know, the Virginia gubernatorial nomination, the main Senate race, where we have this New York City primary coming up, all of the results or the polls in the case of the New York City election haven't shown a difference. But the one who has the most first place votes or the one who ends up winning the ranked choice system.
0: All right, we've got to step aside for a quick recess, but we'll be back right after this.
1: I'm Guy Benson. Join me weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and guests. Listen live on the Fox News app or get the free podcast at GuyBensonShow.com.
0: You know, Josh, it, you said something interesting. You said a lot of progressives think that this is the future. And when I was looking at the list of cities who do ranked choice voting, you know, we, we now have more than 50 cities who have decided to use it. Um, It seems like a lot of the cities on the list tend to go blue. Um, Obviously, not all of, all of them. You mentioned Virginia with that Republican race as well. But is ranked choice voting something that more liberal cities are drawn to? Or is that just a coincidence? Am I drawing a...
1: Yeah, it, it's probably more accurate to call it a technocratic approach, not so much, I mean, I said progressive, but you know, a lot of these, these election reformers that want to figure out ways to tinker with the election rules think you'll you'll get better candidates and you'll get a more um, informed electorate if you go through a ranked choice process. Um, but like you know, the reason a lot of I think a lot of these very blue cities want to um, implement the, the system is that, you know, it helps clarify, you know, who, who's really got the most support. If, if, you, if you're in a mayoral race, or are unfamiliar with the politicians, you got lots of candidates running. The ranked choice system forces you to pay attention to more than just one candidate or two candidates and forces you to kind of research the whole roster of, of people running. And it also makes sure that whoever wins has a broad coalition of support not mm-hmm. just relied on one faction or one base of, of, of the city.
0: You know, I think that's great. I, I mean, I can speak, when I was voting, I mean, I think it's important that you research every single candidate. I don't know if that always happens. Um, and it's kind of nice that there's this push to then be knowledgeable about every candidate. But my question is, is does this, okay, so let's say I'm voting and there's a candidate I just do not want to win at all. Do I still have to rank them or can I leave them out of my ranking?
1: No, you can I mean I, I guess every state has their own rules but in most in every every example I've seen where ranked choice voting is used you do not have to rank everyone. Okay.
0: Do they just count then that that then as my last ranking? How does that factor into the calculation? Right. So basically
1: the once you will start eliminating candidates as you reallocate their votes you look it's their next best choice that gets you know so if you if you ranked you know you know, your favorite candidate one, and then the next best candidate two, and they're they're both not in the race anymore. They they've been eliminated. It would be your next best, your your next favorite choice. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, so then what? And, are the- to be honest, Abby, like it is a complex. I, I honestly like it's, it's not an easy system to understand. <laughs> no, it's it- kind of like watching a, a basketball game where you know the first <laughs> quarter results come in. You know, it's a, it's kind of like watching like the you know I was watching the the Sixers and the Hawks last night, and the Sixers got out to a big lead, and the Hawks came from behind and won it in a nail biter the votes to reallocate them it's almost like you're watching a basketball game where where the score changes through the different processes totally um, but it's not it's not easy to understand i mean it, the re, it, it's a chat the, the negative part about changing the rules and doing rank choice is it could actually lead to confusion mistrust of the election system normally right. a lot of people think of elections as the guy that gets the guy or gal that gets the most votes is the one who wins the election this adds a lot of you know different dynamics of that process, and it may end up confusing a lot of voters at the same time.
0: Totally. By the way, on the note of that uh, 76ers Hawks game, I I looked up and they were winning by 20. And then I watched I, I looked at the final score and the Hawks won by three. And I was like, what the heck happened?
1: Yeah. I mean, you could have an election theoretically where you have one candidate that gets a huge uh, early start like it gets the most first place mm. votes by a large margin and theoretically someone could come from behind by having a, a lot of second place votes you know, i that, love that, drawing
0: that parallels stuff, to that. sports it makes so much <laughs> sense to me josh
1: <laughs> me too um that's why i mean politics a lot of a lot of parallels but you know that is it is competition right and, and, yeah. and strategies change too as a result like a lot of uh, you talked about the new york city race abby a lot of, of the candidates running for mayor are now telling people who they want their second their voters to pick as the second place uh, choice on their ballot because there was a lot of strategy involved. There's a lot of tactics that are going into this process.
0: Right. And, you know, any time a system changes that we're used to seeing, there's going to be some sort of confusion. It's like the play in tournament this year in the playoffs. People were like, what the heck is a play in tournament? I don't understand. But then we understood we saw it play out once and now um, it makes sense, I guess, of whether you like it or not. Um, you know, what are then the cons of ranked choice voting? Why do people not want to use this system?
1: Well, look, I, I think from my perspective, the biggest negative is that it's confu- it can be confusing yeah even political junkies like myself i had to spend about an hour talking to a lot of experts just to make sure i'm familiar with all the the technicalities and all the rules um it's not the easiest i mean it's not it's it's kind of easy to understand intuitively but you know there are a lot of questions that you've been asking that i'm sure a lot of voters are going to have when they go and and, and vote so i think there's a confusion element to the process and also you're 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 kind of changing the rules of the game um in the middle you know it, it as we've seen with these heated debates over voting rule changes in Georgia and Texas and, and all these and the federal law uh, or the federal proposal about HR1 and, and, and voting rules changes, it can be very very politically divisive mm-hmm. to even debate small changes to election rules. And even though I think this is kind of a bi- a lot of Republicans and Democrats have have liked using ranked choice voting' seeing it in the mayoral race for the Democrats and uh, you're seeing it from the Republicans with that used it in the gubernatorial nomination. But, you know, it, it also to do it at a larger scale means you're literally changing the rules of the game in a way a lot of people uh, may not want to or may, or may not be familiar with or may not be in their self-interest to do so. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to be challenging to have widespread adoption, even if it works out well, even if it ends up you know electing better candidates or more moderate candidates to office.
0: Yeah. If if this is popular among some Republicans and some Democrats, if you look ahead to 2022 and 2024, could we see more states opt in for this system?
1: so abby i don't think that there's going to be widespread adoption of ranked choice voting in, in a few years I, I think what you'll see more likely is that cities and, and select jurisdictions may experiment with um with a ranked choice system last actually has something even different. it's kind of like ranked choice but it's even different than what we're seeing in, in in new york city and virginia and elsewhere um so so you'll probably see a little more experimentation Uh, throughout the country but i doubt that there will be any widespread adoption of it at least not in the next year
0: yeah it'll be interesting to see how it plays out in you know the as states start to adopt this system and and maybe people look at other states and say we like in cities and say we like this or we don't like this it'll it'll definitely be a fun thing to follow um you know i i guess we'll wrap up with this for the people who live in states and cities that don't use ranked choice voting, why should they care about this topic?
1: It, this is a movement that really captures the imagination of election reformers, not so much average voters. But, you know, I, what it does is for people who care about how, you know, how, how Congress works effectively, if people are upset about the gridlock in Congress, um, like or or people or people who are upset about the people that get elected to congress they don't think they reflect uh the the voters um will very well this changes the incentive structure it changes um what it takes to to govern effectively what it takes to win elections mm. um so like there, there will be voters that might find this stuff interesting but ultimately um it it is it is an issue that's sort of in in, in the domain of election reformers technocrats people who are trying to tweak politics to make make politics work better for more voters.
0: That's a great answer. And one that I necessarily didn't expect. And I'm happy that you said it because, you know, as we move on through history, things change like we were talking about earlier and and we adapt to new systems and uh, we learn about what is more efficient and more effective. And we um, either look at that as experimentation and how well it went, or we have to turn around and be like, oh, maybe that didn't work so well. So again, we'll see how this all plays out. And Josh, thank you so much. You're a true pro- and it was lovely having you back on Getting Schooled. Thanks for joining.
1: Thanks, Abby. All
0: right. If you missed anything from class, these are my office hours. And here are some top takeaways from my conversation with Josh Kraushaar on ranked choice voting. Number one. Josh emphasizes that ranked choice voting is confusing. Even for political junkies, there are different technicalities and rules that will need to be clarified for voters who are facing ranked choice elections. So if you don't understand it, you're not alone. Number two, Josh says, although he believes there is bipartisan support to some extent for ranked choice voting, he points out that changing the quote rules of the game can be very politically divisive. To that end, he thinks it'll be hard to see widespread adoption. And number three, Josh explained that in reality, we haven't seen ranked choice voting or ranked choice elections really drastically change the results of elections from that of a plurality system. For example, a lot of folks thought Susan Collins of Maine would lose in a ranked choice system. But in fact, she won by a large margin and the ranked choice system made very little difference in her election. All right. Thanks so much for joining me during this lesson on ranked choice voting. For more podcasts, go to foxnewspodcast.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this one on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen and leave us a review. This has been Getting Schooled with Abby Hornacek on the Fox News Podcast Network. Class dismissed.